Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Get your Bibles open, if you would, to the book of Ezra. I'm going to give you, I'm going to talk a little bit while you find it, because it might take you a while. Don't put that up on the screen yet, either, please. But you're gonna, it's going to take you a while to get there, so start looking for it. That's why you got to learn where the Bible verses are, amen? I want to I talk, and I'm going to give the title in a minute, but I want to talk a little bit about something I've been thinking about. And uh, we talk all the time about how we do, what we do in church is we try to do everything the Bible says. And um, I was thinking back to when Jesus, back in Easter, when we talked about Jesus going to the cross and Jesus getting flogged. And you remember that I talked about how they took his arms and they put it up on a pole above his head. I can't even get my arms up that high. But that's a pretty uncomfortable position, you know, if you lift your hands above your head like that. Then imagine being tied to a pole and then being flogged like he was with absolutely no way to, and you imagine why, why they would do that. Why they, because if he didn't, he would be putting his arm down. He would be trying to defend himself, and he wouldn't get it on the back, which was the, which was the point. And so they, he, he took those arms, and, he, and they were raised up towards heaven, and it's almost like it was a futuristic event happening of, of, of Jesus doing something for us. And so when he did that, I believe that as he was holding his hands on that pole and getting flogged, he was holding his hands tied together, and he was freeing us to be able to lift our hands up to heaven with no bondage, not tied up, and have the privilege to be able to lift our hands to the Lord this tonight. Amen? How many could just lift your hands right where you're at? Just lift a hand and say, thank God that I'm able to do that tonight. How many are thankful that you can freely lift up your hands tonight because of what Jesus did on the cross. Amen. So today we have a privilege of thanking the Lord for what he did. He was a, he was a, f- a precursor of that. And uh, we talk a lot about when we come to church, we, we, and I want to say this too, this, I believe this is very vitally important. We, we, our attitude determines our altitude, right? We talk about that all the time. So tonight, even on a Wednesday night, we got a lot of people sick. We got people out for some different school events and things, but you're here. And when you come, what, what's your mentality? Is it just, we always talk about, is it just, okay, I got to go because they're expecting me to go, or I, I got to go because I need to go, or I, I'm going to go because I want to go, or whatever, whatever the reason is, and you're, you're making that decision, but what, what, why, why don't we get back to the place of, I'm going to go to church because I love Jesus, and I'm going to go to church because he died for me, and I owe him my life, and I am so thankful for the privilege to be able to go to church. How about what would happen if we looked at church that way? I think that's the way we're supposed to look at it. Does anybody agree with me? And so we say, do I, why do I have to tithe? Why do I have to pray? Why do I have to serve? Why do I have to? And a lot of times that's our, that's our carnal attitude is why do I have to? And we like to turn it around here and say, we don't have to, we what? We get to. Because we understand that it's a privilege. So tonight I want to specifically talk about the privilege of praise. The privilege of praise. Amen? 
And it's, it's just, a, you know, I think about my mom a lot when I think about this. My mom, growing up, I remember watching her all her life lifting her hands to the Lord. Now my mom, after 20-something years ago having a stroke, she cannot physically lift her left hand. Her left side of her body is paralyzed. But I guarantee you my mom would love to be able to lift up both of her hands to the Lord. But she can't lift both, so she makes sure she lifts the one she can lift. And she makes sure she holds it up as long as she can because she understands the power and the privilege of praise. Amen? So tonight I want to talk about the privilege of praise, but I want to talk specifically about raising our hands. And, and you know, one, and my dad used to say this all the time, how many know when you're in school and you have the answer, what do you do? How many have the answer tonight? Does anybody have the answer tonight of who Jesus is? Jesus is the answer. How many got the answer tonight? So that's just a start right there. We got the answer. But why do we raise our hands? Maybe you don't know. And tonight, I don't even know if I've ever preached on this. If I have, it's been a long time. But I, I had something happen not too long ago that made me say, I got to preach on this. And I asked for permission for it because I know it's still fresh. But I want to show a quick video here. Some of you saw, have seen this, but I don't think everybody has. And this is baby Christopher. I asked Lisa and Christian if I could show this. Look at him praising the Lord, and look at him raising his hands. Watch this again. He's clapping, and he raises his hands to the Lord. Does that bless anybody in here tonight? Amen? Just, I'm just going to leave it up there for a few minutes, because I want you to just to keep watching that. And now baby Christopher's raising his hands in heaven in the very presence of the Lord. Amen. And so as you see that, I think to myself, who taught him to do that? Well, you say, well, he, the, he, babies watch. Yes, obviously. But, no, but you know, clapping and, and raising his hand, I, I say this nicely, but some adults haven't learned how to do that yet. And, and he just picked it up. And some, I believe something, the Bible says that their angels are right before God. And I believe that it's just a natural thing to raise, the, raise our hands in praise and worship to the Lord. Okay? Now, I'm going to give you, so this is why I'm preaching this, because that blessed me so much when I saw that video, and I thought, wow, out of the mouth of babes. So you can go ahead and take it down, or we'll stay focused on that all night, but did that bless anybody? Amen. Thank you for letting us share that and letting Christian, Christopher continue to be the evangelist. Amen. So here's the definition of privilege, a special right. How about instead of looking at it like, oh, i got to raise my hands, we look at it as a special right or an advantage granted to a particular person or group. Now, here's what praise is. Here's the definition of praise. The expression of admiration for someone or something. Okay? So the, we have a privilege, a right, an advantage to express admiration for something. And, you know, I, I always look at the, at the world and say, if there's something that the world would do that we, for the world that we wouldn't do for the Lord, I think something's wrong. I told you that in my own personal testimony, as somebody who loves sports, uh, I'm, I'm having a good time right now in the NBA playoffs with my team. I'm not, I don't have to say who it is. If you know me, you know who it is. I'm enjoying the playoffs. I've had lots of times of suffering. But I like sports. I like the Dallas Cowboys. I've suffered with them ever since I was in high school. That's how old I was last time they won a Super Bowl. 
Uh, so I suffer with my teams, but I like sports. But the Lord told me a long time ago when I got saved, I used to get excited at games, and I used to shout and pump my fist and be, be happy, and I made a decision many years ago. I'll never be more excited in my life again over a sporting event than I am for Jesus. Right? So what I mean by that is if I'm a person that at a game or a recital or whatever, uh, 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 an event, anything outside of the church, and I do something out of expression of my body that I would not do in church for God, I think something's wrong with that. Does anybody agree with me? Okay? Because God should get the best. And so I, th- I thought this week as I was preparing this about how it rock concerts. You don't have to raise your hand if you've been there, but you've probably seen it. You've probably heard it. I was reading today uh, the guy from Black Sabbath is the one that they say actually started this. This, this thing right here, and, and it, some people say that's a satanic sign. Some people say uh, there are all kinds of different things for it, and I read up on it a little bit. He actually thought that when he was doing this, he was warding away evil. That's what he actually thought, okay? doesn't matter. The point is, at those concerts, you see people by the thousands raising their arms and doing this or raising their arms and doing this and clapping and admiring and all these things to a person who's singing, but then Christians, we don't do that for God. So I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just saying I don't think that that's right. And so you may be someone in here who, who came in your very first service. I've seen this. Your very first service you ever came to church, you're like, Pew! you just popped them up. They might be here, and, and you, you never get them out of your pockets. Your hands are stuck in your pockets. Wherever it is, doesn't matter. I'm going to teach you tonight what the Bible says, why we raise our hands. And I, I, I started to think, too, of talking to uh, Jocelyn before church. Is Jocelyn in here? She's right there. She, at the old building, I think they've been coming for about seven years, and I remember back, back at the old building, my, my chair was on the stage. I'm so thankful we stopped that, praise God. Back in the day when the preacher had to be up on the stage, everybody's staring at him. And, uh, but now we're, now we're not, and I'm, I'm glad that's one move I like that we did. But we, I used to be on the stage, and so, but I remember Jocelyn, it had to have been, if not the first, one of the very first times she ever came. She was right there on the front row, and I knew she was new. And we were worshiping and praising, and I looked down at her, and she was just, and she was singing and expressing herself, and just, and so I asked her before service, because I've never asked her before, I asked her tonight, I said, where'd you get that from? Did you see other people do it or something? She was raised in the Catholic Church, so she didn't get it from there, they don't do that there. She says, I just think it was the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and I just lifted my hands and started to worship God. So you think about the, 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 the reason why people do or don't, then you're going to have people that say, well, I don't want to do it because I don't want to bring attention to myself, or I don't want to do it because it hurts my arms, or I don't want to do it. Some would, if they're, if they're honest, would say, I'm just prideful. I don't want to lift up my hands. But I want to teach you from the Bible, how many like to learn from the Bible, that not only does the Bible tell us to do it, but there's benefits from it. Does anybody like benefits? Does anybody like benefits? Number one, if you're taking notes, we're going to get into the Bible. We're going to get some verses here in a second, but I want to say this right off the bat. Number one, surrender. Lifting my hands in praise is a sign of surrender. Now, there's a very, uh, what's the word? I have it in my notes. Let me come back to my notes. Practical, practical approach to, to surrender. 
How many know that in our life, you don't have to be too smart to understand, if a police officer puts his, a gun on you and stop, says, stop, surrender, what do you do? If you're smart. Don't go there in your mind about all the problems we have today and all that, blah, 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 blah. The truth is, the person of law has the authority, says, lift your hands up. If you're smart, you're going to go, right? If you're dumb, you're going to get shot. Right? Am I right? Is that a practical thing about raising your hand? Someone smart says, because that person has authority and I don't. So it's a sign in, in, the, in, a, in human life outside of church, this is a sign of surrender. Okay? And you think about it, when you raise your hands, why is that police officer asking you to raise your hands? Because the only way you can hurt that, that, you can hurt that police officer is by something in your hand. Think about it. You might be able to spit on them if they're far enough away. But you're not a magic magician, so you can't nod your head. You might be able to kick something at them, but the only way you can really, really harm that police officer is by something in your hand. And so when you say, I don't have nothing in my hand, then, then that's where the surrender is. Okay, so you open up your hands and you surrender. So there's a practical thing to it, but it also goes into the Bible. Let's look at Ezra, where you were, chapter 8. And I like this because right before you put it up, don't put it up quite yet, I want to say this real quick. This is, this is important. We talk about why we come to church, why we have church, why we have Wednesday night service, why we have Sunday, why we read the Bible, why we clap, why we sing, why we give. Well, this is a really good chapter of, of what we do in church because at this part of the Bible, Ezra and the people around him had lost this. They didn't, the, the Bible had been lost. Can you imagine tonight if we were all here and we're trying to figure this God thing out, and we don't have Bibles. It'd be a mess, right? We know that there's a God. We know that he has a, he has a written word, but we don't know it. And so in this story, they have found the Bible. They found it. If anybody knows this story. And they are excited. They're like, we found it. This is God's word. And we need to have that excitement. So let's pick up right here. Once they find it, what do they do? These are the heads of their father's houses. I'm going to skip over some names here in a minute for time, okay? And this is the genealogy. Those are always important of who went with me from Babylon in the reign of King Artaxerxes and the sons of those people, okay? Move on. And the sons of them, move on. They're not that they're not important. They're just not important for this tonight, okay? Next verse. And the next one. And the next one. Could have skipped all this, but the first, first verse was important. That's it? Okay, you don't have, I'm going to have to read it here then. There's, the, it says, put up, is it verse 8? Maybe it's verse 8. It says, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered. Listen closely. Amen, amen. So why do we say amen? Because it's in the Bible. Does anybody know what amen means? That's not the verse, so just take it off for now. Don't worry about it. It's in Ezra 8, okay? When we say amen, does anybody know what that means? So be it. Okay? Amen? Amen. And then it goes on to say, lifting up their hands. They lifted up their hands and bowed their heads to worship the Lord with their faces to the ground. So right when they find the Bible, like automatically, kind of like Jocelyn, all of a sudden they say amen and they lift their hands. So there's just something there about, about surrender, okay, to the Lord. Verse, Psalm 63, look at this, verse 1. 
O God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. I have looked for you in the sanctuary, that's where we are tonight, to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than my life. My lips shall praise you and I will bless you while I live. And what does it say? I will lift up my hands in your name. Amen? Now, that would be enough right there. I don't need a lot of verses. One would be enough for me, but there's a lot more. But the next one I want you to write down, number one was surrender. Okay, The benefit of raising our hands is surrender. Number two is it's a sign of victory. It's a sign of victory. Maybe you know the story, and I'm not going to go into it tonight to read the whole text, but you know the story of Moses when they are fighting against the Amalekites. And remember that any of those kites are the enemy, okay? There's a bunch of kites. Anytime you see the kite, it's an enemy, okay? And all those kites are the, the, the demonic forces for us today of the enemy. And Moses and, his, and the Israelites are fighting. And in this story, you can read it later, write it down for your notes, Exodus chapter 17, Moses is fighting, the, the, the church is fighting, the Israelites are fighting, and, and Moses does something, he lifts up his hands. And as he lifts up his hands, they win the battle. And after a while, his arms get tired, and he, lifts, he drops his hands, and they start to lose the battle. And then his assistants come over, and they prop up his arms, and they help him hold his arms up. And as long as he held his arms up, they were victorious. So lifting our hands, a lot of times, and, it's, it's, we, we, and this is a powerful thing. There's a spiritual thing to this where I can come in on a Wednesday night like tonight, and all hell can be breaking loose in my life, and all kinds of things can be going wrong, and I can have no money in the bank. I can be sick. I can have family problems, whatever it is, but I can come into a service, and I can say, I'm not going to worry about any of that. I believe victory's coming in the mighty name of Jesus, and as I'm praising and worshiping, I'm going to to lift up my victory hands and watch how God comes through for me tonight. Amen. I'm just going to lift up victorious hands like this woman is doing inside of, she doesn't go to our church by the way, okay? Jesse said, can I use a picture of someone? Yes, there's no problem. She's got a pretty smile and she's raising her hands. She's, she's, she's stretching it all the way up because you know there's a lot of different ways, right? Because if the people that start off in the pockets they kind of, they, they don't want to take the whole raise their hands literally thing, so they're just going to raise their fingers. They're just going to kind of go like this, which is fine. Everybody starts somewhere, right? And there's a whole video on it. I'm not trying to make fun of you, but it is kind of funny. There's a whole video on it. The guy, the guy gives a name for everything. He's like the TV, the bigger TV. One of them is, what's the Lion King with the Mufasa? There's like a Mufasa. Like there's all these, there's the field goal. There's a joke about all the way, different ways. There's no right or wrong way as long as you do it from your heart. Can, you get, can I get an amen? So it is a sign of victory. So when we come in and we lift our hands, it's a sign of victory. Psalms 28, verse 2. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you. Now, this is, let, me, let me finish this verse. When I cry to you, when I lift up my hands towards your holy sanctuary. 
I think it's interesting that the majority, and it's obviously not the only because I've just given you several verses outside of it, but a lot of the verses in the Bible about raising your hands are in the Psalms, and I can't think of a stronger, greater warrior than David. So, so he was a person who understood humility. He understood strength. He was the one who killed Goliath. He killed a bear. He killed a lion with his bare hands. And he, he said, I'm putting my hands up as a surrender to the Lord. So he understood lifting up holy hands towards your holy sanctuary. Here's another one. Psalms 141, verse 2. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. When we lift up our hands, it's a sacrifice. If you hold your hands up for very long, it get, they get tired. You ever notice that? They get tired after a while. But when I'm in a worship service, the very least I can do, I'm, I'm working on a message right now called The Very Least I Can Do. Romans 12 says, this is my, my, my uh, reasonable sacrifice. Then in other words, that means it's the very least I can do. And so there's something about um, sacrificing and saying, I'm, I'm lifting up these hands to the Lord, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my victory tonight. And a big part of this, I want you to understand this, if you don't want any of the other four, a big part of this is simply being obedient. Right? Just simply obeying. Because you could go, well, why? Why? And I don't think you're going to get an answer. You could ask. And people say, well, why, why don't we lift our hands? Why, why do we lift our hands? And I'm giving you biblical reasons tonight. Now, let me play the devil's advocate and turn it around on you. Give me some biblical reasons why you shouldn't lift your hands. Let me put, let me put it on the other shoe on the other foot. If you can come to me and say, I don't, I don't believe in all that raising your hands, lifting your hands stuff. Well, show me in the Bible where it says you're not supposed to lift your hands. Because I'm giving you verses that says you are, and I'm just an obedient person. How many want to be obedient? To the Lord. Amen? So we're seeing here, it's a victory. It's a sign of surrender. And then you say, oh, that's all Old Testament. Here's New Testament. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. I desire that therefore men pray everywhere. We know a lot of times in the Old Testament, men and women together for the same word. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Number three. There's more. Say there's more. If victory wasn't enough, if surrender wasn't enough, if sacrifice wasn't enough, if obedience wasn't enough, number one was surrender, number two was victory, number three is it opens doors. Praise and lifting our hands opens doors. Maybe you know the story from Acts chapter 16. Let's look at this story. And, and again, when I talk about you know, sometimes playing basketball or lifting or working or doing something physical, you hurt yourself, and, and, and it hurts to lift up your hands or your arms or, or you're sore or you're tired, but it's a sacrifice. Think about what Paul and Silas went through. Got Acts chapter 16, verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates, and I don't think there's anybody in this church that's ever had this happen to them, the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them, look at this, to be beaten with rods. That's pretty serious. And when they had laid many stripes on them, 
They threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them there securely. Don't go to the next verse. How many could be honest and say you might be a little bit upset if that happened to you? Right? Might be a little bit frustrated. You might say, man, I'm, I, I feel really spiritual. I thank God for that opportunity to suffer for Jesus. But you might also say, man, God, do I, did I deserve that? I'm here preaching your gospel, and I just got beaten, and now I'm in prison. I didn't know this is how it was going to work. Although Jesus told them, many of you will be put in prison for preaching the gospel. But just let me see a hand out here if there's anybody in here tonight that had anything close to this happen to you in your life. Not even this week, okay? I don't think any of us have ever been stripped naked and beaten with rods, right? Okay, can I move on? All right. Then it says, tied up securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison. Not just the prison, the inner prison. And now fastened their feet in the stocks. It's gone from bad to worse. Somebody say, but. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, and that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. Praise opens doors. Amen? That's why that song, Casting Crowns, came from, I'll praise you in this storm. Paul and Silas had every reason to be mad at God, but instead of getting mad at God, they began to sing. I don't know about you. I don't care if they sang good or bad. I would give any, I would, I would give every possession, and I don't have a lot of anything I own in this world, to hear the sound bite of what it sounded like in that prison that night. Because you guys remember when I went to Rome last year in December, I stood in the in not that exact prison, but a prison that Paul had sat, Paul had been in. And, I, and I, I can't imagine what it just, like I said, it doesn't matter if they had good voices or bad voices. The fact that they were praising God, I would, I would do anything to have that and listen to it every single day just to know that they did that instead of getting mad at God. And because they did that, it wasn't just that God was like, hey, good job, I love you, but it opened doors. And then if you go on to read the story, the jailer got saved. So it opens doors to witness. It opens doors. One of the things I love about my pastor that I used to see him do when he'd come to Costa Rica, and I picked it up myself, and I've caught myself doing it many times over the years, especially on foreign soil, is he'd walk around Costa Rica with his hands raised, and he would just walk and pray and walk and say, I bless you, Lord. I praise you, Lord, just in the street. And I find myself as a disciple doing that same thing, being on foreign soil and just lifting up my hands because I might not see what's happening in the physical, but something's happening in the spiritual. Anybody believe that tonight? And last but not least, let me give you one more verse before I do the last but not least. Psalms 134 verse 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Amen? It's a beautiful, powerful thing to look across the congregation and see hands raised. 
and to see all the testimonies, to look at somebody you know, the, the, the greatest thing you can do when you're going through a real struggle, and, I, and, I, and I've now been using them a lot lately, but it's a great example just to watch Christian and Lisa back there lifting their hands and praising the Lord in the midst of the storm that they've been going through. You know, that, that blesses me, but how much more does it bless God? Amen? That they're saying, you know what, I've been through hell and high water, but Lord, I still surrender to you. I believe that there's victory in lifting my hands. And you know what? It's very possible they don't even know why they're lifting. Everybody has different reasons. Someone just saw somebody else or someone heard it or the Spirit touched them like Jocelyn. Whatever it is, but there's power in lifting your hands. Amen? Now, as the musicians begin to come, I want to give you one more reason. And it's always the best. Save the best for last. So, again, surrender. Simply surrender. Here, God, look. Nothing in my hands. I'm open. I surrender. Number two, gives victory. As long as I keep my hands up, I'm victorious. Number three, it opens doors. And the best one is because Jesus did it. Because Jesus did it. If all that other stuff wasn't enough, Luke chapter 24, verse 50. Matter of fact, not only did he did, not only did he did it, not only did he did it, I like that. He did it as the last thing he did. And, and he led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands. Why do you lift up your hands? I gave you a bunch of reasons. Because Jesus does. Because Jesus did. And lifted up his hands and blessed them. And after he did that, it came to pass that while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Church, there it is. I believe you say where, where's the, you know, a lot of times you read the origin of something. Where'd the origin come from? The origin of this goes all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. But in the church that we're a part of today, the church, the body of Christ, the church age that we're a part of, that's going to see the rapture of the church, that, that hand raising that you think, oh, the Pentecostals do that. Or that charismatic church over there does that. Or that group does that. No, the big person who started raising hands in the Bible was Jesus Christ himself. He lifted his hands and blessed them. He ascended into heaven, and you saw the, the other verses, and they began to worship God. I believe that they walked away from that place. I wish we could see it on video. I'm, I believe that as he raised his hands, they raised their hands. And there's, there's the sign. Maybe some hard-headed people like Thomas had to go wait and, and, and go, go to Bible school to figure it out and all that. But I believe a lot of people, when he raised his hands, they just went, Jesus is doing it. Okay, what's up here? And then he ascends into heaven, and they just looked around and said, hey, let's keep doing this. Jesus did it. And I believe that the, that final verse says they went back and they kept praising him and they kept... And so we don't see it mentioned a lot in the New Testament because 
there's no need to mention it. it's what they did. It's what we do. And so, do I have to? No, I get to. Going all the way back to the beginning and thinking of Jesus, hands above his head, tied to a post, bonded, bound and bonded by that, by that pole, flogged for our salvation, the least I can do is say, God, thank you that I can even lift my hands right now. Thank you that I can freely worship you without any persecution. But even if I get persecuted, Paul and Silas said, you know what? That's not going to, listen, we, don't, we know their hands were tied. Most likely their arms were tied. Can you picture it? Maybe they were just whatever they could do. But they definitely did everything they could, and they began to sing and praise God. So there's victory, there's surrender, there's doors that are opened, and Jesus did it. Father, thank you. I want to thank you tonight for the privilege. I count it a privilege to be able to praise you, to be able to thank you. For what, Lord? Simply for being my master. Simply for being my savior. Lord, I simply do what I do because I'm obedient. And there's enough biblical scripture and support in the Bible for me to do it that I'm going to lift my hands and I'm going to praise you. Clean hands, surrendered hands, open hands. Lord, I, I, I want your blessing. I want your hand upon my life. I want to I want to be able to see victory. I want to be able to surrender everything I am and everything I have, Father. And so tonight, Lord, as we've talked about your word, let us be a church that walks in that victory and understands the power and the privilege of praising and singing and worshiping and lifting up our hands, holy hands unto God. As we're praying, I, I, I can almost sense someone saying, that's why I don't lift my hands. My hands aren't holy. Then you don't believe in the blood of Jesus. Well, you don't know what I've done with these hands. Then you don't believe in the blood of Jesus. You don't know the mistakes I've made. Well, then you're saying you don't believe in the blood of Jesus because he said if you confess your sins, I'm faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. These hands might have stole. These hands might have hurt. These, these hands might have been violent. But now they're the Lord's. And I surrender them to the Lord. And they're, they're not mine. They're his. And I'm going to use these hands to glorify you. I'm going to use these hands to bless. I'm going to use these hands to be a vessel for laying my hands on the sick. And also for letting finances flow through them. Oh, Lord, take that old person and let the blood cover it tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's stand all across this place. And as you stand all across this place, if you've never been born again, you've never said the sinner's prayer, you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, you've never put your faith in him, right before we move on to the next part of the service, just look at me tonight and say, here's my hand. I need Jesus. Just raise it up. Put it back down and say, that's me. I need Jesus. I need to be saved. I need to be born again. That's me. Maybe you're watching online, listening on the podcast, and that's you, and we're going to give you a chance right now to pray. Church, we're going to pray with these 
believers tonight. But as we go to pray, let's just begin to make our way to these altars. Let's just get out of our seats and come down. It's Wednesday night. Let's find a place at the altar. We're going to worship the Lord for a few minutes. We're going to put into practice our, our message. We're going to put into practice our prayer. We're going, to, we're going to put into practice surrender and victory and doors opening and just doing what Jesus did. As you make your way, we're going to just wait a moment and then we're going to pray a prayer of salvation. Somebody could be watching online right now that needs to be changed and transformed. The devil's been lying to you and you feel like there's no hope for you. I want you to know that Jesus isn't expecting you to get your life together. He just says, come to me as you are and I'll change you. I'll make you a new creation. All the things you've ever done, I died on the cross for those. Just confess them to me tonight, and I'll forgive you, and I'll make you a new creation. Everybody just say this with me tonight. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I thank you for being the Savior of this world, for coming down from heaven into my heart tonight to live, to be master, Savior, and King. I believe you died on the cross for all of my sins. And then I believe you rose from the dead. And as we read tonight, you ascended into heaven. And tonight you're at the right hand of the Father. And I ask you right now to cleanse me and wash me in your precious blood. I accept that sacrifice for my life. Make me a new creation. Today I pick up my cross. And I will follow you in the mighty name of Jesus. From this day forward, I no longer live for the devil. I'm not going to listen to his voice. I'm a child of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get- Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.